Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Wednesday, February the 8th. This is episode number 184. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Going good, Rod. You know, uh, I was watching Jeopardy last night and the Browns were actually the answer to one of the clues. I don't yeah. know what the quest, what the clue was, but the Browns were the answer, you know. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that that's like a a sign that that big things are ahead. I, I'm with you, or, or maybe I'm just hoping. I didn't think about it at the time, but I got to be honest. That category was something like uh, is also, also the an name NFL of an, team. Yeah, also an NFL team. So so they're yeah. giving us credit for being an NFL team, which is I mean that's better yeah. than we've had yeah. probably in the last twenty three years. And full disclosure, I I do okay at Jeopardy some nights, and I'm I feel like I shouldn't even watch the show other nights. And then like tonight, you know, like you, you know, we talk about this occasionally. There's, there's one where, you know, you or I will know the answer and none of the three people up there will get it. Right. So that happens. It's uncanny. When that category of also NFL teams came up, I'm like, I'm going to nail this. Um, Uh I I quit trying to guess after the first three (laughs) because they were like so off the wall, the way they were worded. Right. And, yeah. And the uh, contestants were getting up so fast, I couldn't even think. <laughs> right. So I'm like, uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, we're uh, before we uh, get into much more discussion, we're going to bring our guest in. Um, we're going to bring in my friend and and uh, and yours too, Jeff um, Menachem Ikevitz. Uh, follow Menachem at Menudo underscore Man. Hey Menachem, how are things going for you? Things are going great. Thanks for having me, Rod. Jeff, it's good to be back with you guys. Talk and have some fun. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, it, it always feels like um, when I'm looking at, um, you know, who to who to potentially talk to to come on the show, I'm like, oh, I just had them on. And I'm looking, it's like, I think I think you were on like nine months ago. So. Um, seems so like yesterday. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> yesterday. So well, yeah. That's just me getting old. Yeah, it goes fast. Also, also part of it is that we do talk in between us talking on here, so we do we, we do have conversations about many things that do go on. So it could, it, that's also part of why I feel why I think it feels that way. Also, right? Yeah, it's it's true. It's like it seems like much more recent than that. You know? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we we try to keep in touch and uh, you know talk about little things, touch base here and there. So yeah, so yeah, that's why it is definitely harder to. To know when the last time we did something like this was so um so yeah let's um before we get into brown's talk we're gonna do a little bit of uh, blitz beverages and talk about what we're drinking or what we've had recently menachem you're the guest you get to go first on this all right so um recently i i my um, wonderful mother got me a very belated birthday gift my birthday's in september and they just she just got this from me about a week or two ago. Um, she got me a homemade, uh, a homemade bar set with the shakers and all the things that, you, that one uses. So she got from recently. I decided I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make some like some sort of drink. So I I made this past Friday night. I made a margarita. I found it in a three ingredient cocktail book. It was it was delicious. It was easy to make. I'll tell you, it was it was two ounces of 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 tequila.
tequila. It was a one ounce of agave syrup and one ounce of fresh lime juice. Just mix it up with ice and drink it over ice. It was delicious. And uh, just wanted to, you know, this, uh, this, this is the most recent alcoholic beverage I've had. I assume this upcoming Sunday I'll have a little more while watching the Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm holding right now. So thank you for letting me know tell you about that. Sure thing. I'll, I got to be honest, I've never made a margarita. So so now we know how it's done. And it, it's cool that uh, that you get to experiment with stuff like that. Definitely. So so um, last time uh, last time we recorded, I put a few beers out and asked people to say which one they thought I should drink. And one of the ones that um, people asked me to drink that I that did not win was this. Uh, I guess it's a Elysian, maybe it's Elysian, I'm not sure how you pronounce a brewery, um, but it's Night Owl, it's a pumpkin ale, and I think it's like 6, 6.2%, so right in there. I gotta be honest, guys, I um, I kind of gave up on the pumpkin beers a while back, just because everybody was putting a pumpkin beer out all the time, and I was like, man, you know, and it's not just pumpkin beers, it's, you know, it's pumpkin pancakes, it's pumpkin bread, it's pumpkin I shouldn't say pumpkin bread because mm-hmm. all of you eat that, but you know, pumpkin chips, pumpkin <laughs> crackers, pumpkin everything. And it was just got to be pumpkin right. overload. So I kind of ignored pumpkin beers for a while. This is really good. And it's, and it kind of, it kind of almost has the notes of a banana bread in it versus just a little bit of like a pumpkin flavor to it. So it's a, it's a little bit richer pumpkin flavor than what I'm, what I'm used to in a pumpkin beer. And I honestly haven't had one in quite a while. But if you like pumpkin beers, I would give this one a shot. So that's my review. Nice. So. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on to a little bit of Browns news. There's not a whole ton of stuff happening right now, but a few things have happened. Uh, we first of all, we didn't record last week. Um, uh, Jeff was Jeff was uh, unavailable. I think the the one night that I was going to try to record and uh, we had a guest that wasn't able to come on. So so I just said, you know what, um, rather than trying to grab somebody last second, I just I, and, and throw a show together. I thought it was better just to kind of take a break that week instead of, you know, just putting something out that was probably going to be, you know, a little bit uh, a little bit um, half assed, so to speak. So. Um, we have standards to live up to on this podcast. We do. We do. So I didn't feel like I was going to meet those last week. So, so, I, so I said, you know what? We'll just, I didn't want to mail it in. So I just called it off. So, yeah. So anyways, a um, little bit of Browns news. Uh, I guess the, uh, the numbers out for, uh, for Jed Will's uh, fifth year option. And, I mean, not just his, um, this is for you know, the position. Um, uh, to extend him, you know, to 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 um, exercise that fifth year option, um, uh, fourteen just over well about fourteen point two mil uh, to exercise mm. that. So yeah, and wanted to get you guys um, get your thoughts on that. Um, I'm from both of you, um, Jeff. We'll, we'll let you go first on this. I mean, I I'll, I'll just let you guys go first, and then I'll chip in a little bit based on what you guys. Yeah. Say. Kind of feels to me like Big Jed's playing for an extension this year. Um, you know, I I don't know how 
a first round pick can can get this far. Um, I still have all these question marks. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't see the Browns picking up that option, that fifth year option. So I think he either he either plays well enough to earn an extension at some point during the season. Um, I don't know how that would work. Um, or maybe they just walk away from him. That's kind of scary for your left tackle. Yeah. He's going, he's going into his fourth season now. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Menachem, let's get, let's get your thoughts on this too. So I think, I think it depends on how the, how the, how the front office wants to look at the future option. It, in some, to some extent, I mean, they could use it as a, a hedging of their bet. So if they, if they can give them a fifth-year option, you know what it's going to cost. Give them the opportunity to, to – he, he has the, the – he'll have the security of knowing that he's making the money for the year. And then what you end up, the end of, I, I, I don't think he's, he's, he's a shoo-in to have the job. I do think he's, they're going to bring in, they, they, I think they should bring in some sort of, um, someone for him to go up against for the left tackle position. But it might be, it might be worthwhile to, to, again, it's not my money that I'm spending right now. So it's, it's easy to say this. It might be worthwhile to have him locked in for the fifth year option and give, bring in competition and see what, what goes on there? I mean, uh, when I, I I get all confused with this when 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 the fifth year option has to be in by and, and done by and signed by. It's like what I don't know if, you, if either of you know offhand. I'm not trying to put anyone on the spot, but I don't. I definitely don't know the answer. But it's definitely a way to. It definitely could be a way to hedge their bet and keep you know bring someone else in and hopefully work out. So. Yeah, I don't have I don't have that information in front of me. I. I I believe. I mean, it's before the season starts this year, isn't it, Jeff? You know that, or I'm not I'm, sure. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't sit here right now and, and swear to yeah. when the timing is on any of that. But yeah, um, I'll be yeah at a certain yeah, point, remember. it becomes guaranteed money. I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I. It's a big jump. I mean, you know, considering how much money is already allocated on the offensive line. For a guy who has underperformed, um, and yeah, you know he's he's had some he's had some good games. He's he's still growing, hopefully, you know, as a player. But um, man, by this point, you really you really hope he'd be locked in, and and it just doesn't feel like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with both of you guys. Uh, it's it's not just about the money, though. It's about that position and how vital that position is and it's about right. where you believe jed wills is do you believe he's going to grow more and, and yeah when they have to exercise that does play does play into this but the other the other big question is if if you're not exercising that you know how how quickly can you have somebody ready to go you know after next season to be to be your left tackle you know or, or are you satisfied, you know, are you, do you have faith that the Browns are either going to be able to sign somebody or are you going to be happy with somebody like, uh, like James Hudson playing left tackle for a season or two 
Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the problem because these left tackles, they don't grow on trees. And even getting, right. you know, just average to good play um, it is not necessarily easy. Right. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking that, and again, I apologize, but I don't know all the particulars of this, but um, there, it probably gives the team more flexibility to um, look towards some sort of an extension that moves money out into more years, you know, than, than just 14 million to next, next year, or yeah, 2024. Um, so considering the fact that we've, you know, we've got three really expensive guys on the line already and we have to do something at center still, um, man, that, you know, that's a huge commitment to your offensive line to, to put 14 million on the books next year. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, okay. So the, the deadline for the fifth year option is. May, this is for the, um, let's see, is, is May 1st? Let's see, opens January 9th and the final deadline set for May 1st. I believe that's, if I'm looking at the right sport, let's see. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I could be looking the wrong place here. Anyways, I'll, we'll see if we can sort that out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy decision. Um, but, you know, we, we've agonized over stuff like this with, uh, you know, at least for us with David and Joku and other players and 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 the Browns, you know, the Browns are going to the Browns are going to do, um, you know, what they think's best. And that's going to be the end of it. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, might not be an easy decision for us, but they they probably already have their mind made up on what they're doing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you bring up and Joku. I think that. That's a, a a pretty good comparison, you know. I mean, he he was going into his fourth year, um, and they had not picked up his fifth year option because he was a first round pick, also, right? Um, yeah. And I mean, Jed Wills is kind of a year behind him, but um, they ended up extending him rather than picking up that that fifth year option, which would have been a lot more money, and that moved that money you know, on down into successive years. So, yeah, I don't know exactly, you know, if if that needs to be done before the start of the season or when they, you know, if that extension can come at any time. But um, it'd be nice if, you know, Big Jen came in and played like a house on fire the first few weeks and, and they said, oh, wow, this looks really good. You know, let's, let's extend him, right? Um, yeah, I agree. We'll see how that all shakes out. Yeah, so the Browns signed the their, I guess their first defensive tackle, uh, yeah. Michael Michael Dwumfor. Um, he, he's a futures reserve guy, so I don't think he's. Uh, I think he's a development yeah. guy. So probably not a lot to talk about there, but it's definitely a position that that they know they need help at now. Um, after what right. happened, really well last season. It, it's funny because, uh, you know. The season before, they um, they really it seemed like put a lot of effort into bringing a lot of guys in, and and you know and, and trying to make sure they had had that position fortified, and it actually paid off a little here and there, 
but this past season, yeah. um, it was, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was painful. So, um, right. I think it would be, be fun to see what happens there. Did either. Yeah. You guys- I, I, I don't, I don't see us going out and signing a, a, a big marquee D tackle. Uh, Menachem, what do you think? You think there's a chance they, I mean, the salary, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of space. Uh, there's no, not a whole ton of cap space on this team. Um, how do you feel defensive tackle is going to be addressed? So I, I, I definitely agree that I don't think it's going to be the big name that everyone's expecting, especially a lot of people, especially after when Jim Schwartz got hired, people are talking about all the, all the great D tackles he had. But the truth is, these guys were drafted when Jim Schwartz was there, and they got developed into the great defense that, that they've become. Guys like Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, guys like um, the guys that they talk about from Tennessee, like, that were, was under his tutelage. These guys were drafted from, by them, and, and, and they were brought through the system. I'm not sure that, that bringing in a big-name defense tackle is going to be the best move. I mean, obviously, if the if the price is right on a guy that makes sense, I would love to see it. Um, I think I think the draft is is going to be the is going to be one of the ways that we're gonna that we're gonna be getting players. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of draft, so it's 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 a hard it's a hard needle to thread because there are other needs on this team, and, and you know, I also think that as much as there, as much as we know that there's not a lot of cap space. Somehow there's always cap space. Like somehow there's always they'll, they'll just restructure something and magically like more more cap space appears. So <laughs> right, eventually it'll happen. So yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I agree with you on that. They they can find some room, but the chance of them signing, you know, I, I don't know what his contracts can go for. Somebody like Deron Payne or somebody who people think is going to get quite a bit of money. The chance of somebody like that, twenty million a year, it's going to be hard to create that much, that much space. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, somebody less than that, uh, I'm I'm sure they can find five, ten million here and there for some key guys. We already have less than that. What do we want to? Why bring in more less than that? I'd I'd almost rather see what he could, what, 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 what Jim Schwartz could do with a with a Perrion Winfrey type, and try to build him up. Or another guy who's a mid mid to late round draft pick and try to build him up, then you know, run and spend money on. Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, I'm sure they're going to look at free. You know, um, they're, they're going to look at uh, they're going to look all over. You know, obviously right. they they just signed this guy. That you know, this guy off the scrap heap, and you know they're going to keep doing that they're going to keep bringing guys in and see if they think they can develop them in under his system and um the thing is you know since since watson and the guys they have now you know no matter how many other good teams there are out there um and i'm not saying the browns are good yet but no matter how many good teams there are out there you can look at this Browns team and say, you know, they need to be in win now and compete now and everything. Um, it, it's going to be a question of, of uh, you know, do they feel like they can bring in young defensive tackles and try to develop them, you know? Or it's going to be interesting to see the kind of mix they feel they can put together. 
because um, you really can't have another season like last season where defensive tackle is is just such a weakness. Yeah. Um, you have to show some kind of improvement there. Um, you can't just say, well, you know, these are young guys or, you know, they're going to get better. Um, yeah. I think it's important to to find some veteran leadership there. Um, as we've talked about recently, Rod, that, you know, somebody who has been around the league and, and knows how to win and, um, you know, can sort of put the defense on the right track, you know, attitude wise. Um, the unfortunate thing is we, you look down the list this year. I mean, the, the, the guys like that are going to be really high dollar guys. Um, and I don't know that we can work that into our, you know, there, there always seem to be, there always seem to be a few of those guys that just are, you know, a little bit older that, that don't get picked up that kind of, you know, are still sitting around as free agents as you're getting close to the beginning of the season. Right. Um, You know, that maybe one or two of those guys could, you know, could come in and, provide some of the leadership and, you know, and be in the rotation and maybe make a difference, you know, um, yeah. you just have to see what happens. Uh, I mean, they, the Browns gave, the Browns gave Tave and Brian 4 million bucks. You know, he's 27 had the, you know, high pick pedigree and everything. And they thought, well, maybe there's a chance that he'll find it here. Right. Um, you know, that that's one option. Um, yeah. It, but yeah. you're you're really kind of like just buying a lottery ticket, you know. Um, and uh, the, you know the other end of the, the spectrum, it's you know guys like Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Deron Payne. Who, well, I mean, Deron Payne's younger, but um, you know those first couple guys are are pushing you know thirty plus. You know, um, yeah. You, you have to wonder how long they're in the picture with a very young team. Right. So right. man, just finding that, finding that right mix to, to, to bring somebody in. And there's only so many guys out there in free agency, you know, um, yeah. it's going to be tough. Well, and likewise, there's only so many guys in the draft who you can expect to come in and really contribute in their, in their rookie season too, especially yeah, to with ma- as slow as the Browns would be picking. To Menachem's point. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, you're picking the forties with your first, choice and that's not going to be a starter i mean it might be well it could be we we got lucky with mj emerson this year uh as a third round pick you know starting a lot um but typically you don't expect second and third rounders to be you know balling their first year and then starting you can't expect it but with you know with with uh would they be in there you know that there's a chance you know, yeah, and it, it's unfair to him to expect that he's going to get somebody, you know, like Emerson every right. season. Right. Um, it really is. But um, but you have faith that he's going to find some guys who can play. Yeah, if I could just say something um, in terms of defensive tackle, in the last couple of years, we've had a few guys, we have a few guys in that spot, um, Sheldon Richardson and Sheldon Day, who I would be very happy with either them if they're you know if they're healthy obviously to come back and 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 you know play for the Browns and be that that the the that quote unquote older veteran presence that can help lead the young guys and and also they they played well when we had Sheldon Richardson on, on in the middle of that line 
he 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 did play well for us. I would love you know, and I would definitely love to see him back. So, Those yeah. guys could have both started last season. I, right. I yeah, I really didn't understand that, but yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I, I'm with you there, and I don't know where those guys are at this point, but um, in their career and kind of shaped around and stuff. But yeah, um, those are, you know, those are the kind of guys that I'm talking about that they might be able to to bring in to be a rotational piece and maybe a little bit of a leader, um, you know, to to just help some of the young guys along because there's obviously still going to be young guys at DT. Just how it's going to be. So. I could just say one, one thing uh, about. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I could say one thing about Perrion Winfrey. I mean, you look, if you look just at his at his stat line, it was, he was he was not it was not very impressive. You watch the games. There 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 were plays that he made, and there were other there were like a few times he 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 got he made tackles for loss and he, a few sacks that got that other players that another player made a. Made a um, got got a call for a flag and the play got got undone. So he he did he, he I'm not I'm not saying he's like the end all and be all, but he did have a he did have he did get he did have some success at least later in the season playing, and even though it didn't show up in the stat statistically, he was playing he was he was making plays. So I think that he he. He would need to take a big step up, but I think he can. He can be a play, he can be a player that's on the roster right now who could take mm-hmm. a step up. You know, it's one of those things when you watch the games, you notice it. When you just look at when you just look at the statistics, you're like, oh, he, he played he played 14 snaps and got one tackle. Or like when you watch the game, you see he's causing pressure up the middle, and that's why he was the quarterback had to step up, and and that's why Ma, he, he stepped into Miles Garrett getting getting the sack a couple times. You know, things like that did happen. So. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and you're exactly right. I mean, you can't judge a defensive tackle. You have to watch the game. You can't judge it by the stat line, unless it's Aaron Donald, you know, um, somebody like that. So, um, yeah, definitely. Did either one of you guys watch the uh, the flag football game, the Pro Bowl? I did not. I didn't either. I just saw that Miles dislocated <laughs> his toe and that he's okay now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I I don't even know what happened, but you hate to see a guy get hurt in a flag football game. Um, right. So I'm glad he's all right. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those things I thought, well, if I'm not doing anything, I'll sit down and watch it, and I must have been doing something. So right. did not catch it. I watched the Thursday night dodgeball game. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, this was interesting. The, the New Orleans Saints have hired Joe Woods as their defensive coordinator. So everybody in Cleveland, I've seen a lot of tweets. Oh, did they not watch the Browns? Did they not see? We've talked about this. And, you know, Joe Woods, uh, stats-wise, his defense was like, what, 14th? You know, and and I believe that's in yards, yards allowed. Um, Don't have all of his numbers in front because they're not really important anymore. But it's it's just kind of – for me, it's just interesting because, um, you know, everybody's had such a big problem with Joe Woods for, well, since he's been here, pretty much. And we cut him loose, and, and the Saints are probably pretty happy to have him, um, at least for now. Um, a guy who, who, uh, who, at least when you look at the stats, 
<laughs> um, appears to do okay. All right, now you can grade that a lot of different ways depending on you know the players he had to to work with and all that. But um, it, it's just for me, it's interesting how guys like this can be so unpopular one place and then another team can just look at them objectively. Um, now, whether they made a mistake or not is another thing, you know, another issue. But um, and just kind of look at it outside of the emotion that we put into it and then say, hey, this guy, this guy's this guy's a, a defensive coordinator in the league and, and hire him. So. What do you guys think and, and what do you expect out of his, uh, you know, what do you guys expect of his uh, success in the future? Do you feel like he's still growing into this role and he's going to get to be a better D.C. elsewhere? I'll let you go first, Jeff. Yeah, it would just be so Browns if, you know, he turned out to be the guy who created a number one defense in New Orleans, right? Um, <laughs> it would. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of expected him to get hired right away um, because our fan base always believes that our guy is the worst and somebody else is better. But, um, I mean, he's respected around the league. So, yeah, yeah wish him well. I, I, I don't know. Um, it'll, it'll probably say more about our organization than it will about Joe Woods um, if he goes down there and, and is successful. What do you think, Menachem? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I also think that one of the reasons why he was able to get the job that he got in, in New Orleans is because he worked he worked previously for Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen was the was head coach of the Raiders, I believe. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had forgotten about that relationship. Yeah, so they, like just like just like we, you know, he worked with with Kevin Stefanski in Minnesota for many years, they, these guys have these prior relationships, and a lot of times, a lot of times they, they become friendly, even even if they're not like both coordinators at, at the same time necessarily. But they have their they have they have their connections, and I'm ha- look I'm happy for Joe Woods. I, I I hope he I hope he's successful. I mean I hope that when they play against the Browns, the Browns destroy them. But other than that, I I hope he has has here <laughs> because. I have nothing against the guy. He's, he's always always seemed like a nice guy. So if you watch the videos of him talking, most of the time he's, he seemed to know what he was talking about. Um, I don't know that he's the most. I don't know that he was the most um, aggressive. He, he didn't have the most aggressive way of saying things, and I think that that right. was one of his biggest downfalls on on this team. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, depending on what what he has in. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't really know who they have on defense in in New Orleans, and but I I I, I do wish him luck. I really do. I think he's a. There's no reason not to. Let's yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the New Orleans defense has been okay. I don't think they've been outstanding. And I, yeah, I'm with you, Menachem. I can't I can't name a ton of players on the New Orleans defense. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, We'll see how he does, and I, I'm the same. I, I wish him well. I hope he does. I hope he does well, but not against the Browns whenever they happen to play. But, uh, yeah. We'll just see. We'll just see. It, it just shows that um, he did have some respect around the league, and it also shows that um, relationships are important in whatever you do. <laughs> That's true. 
So, uh, so um, let's uh, let's just talk talk a, a little bit about. Um, I had an idea just of talking about what you guys think is right with the Browns organization and what you guys think is wrong with the Browns organization. Um, at kind of at this moment in time. Um, I really don't just want to throw names out at you guys and say, yeah, that's right or that's wrong. Um, that's kind of kind of boring. So, um, so, so, uh, Menachem, we'll we'll let you go first and just give me uh, give me a couple things that you think is is right with the Browns organization right now. Okay, um, it's just tough on the spot first. All right. Um, you know, I, I I'll, I'll be honest. I like I haven't liked the coaching staff. I think it's I think the coaching staff is is, is good. Um, I think it's I think they're I think they're they're you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk on 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 social media about that Stefanski has to give up the play calling. I don't agree with that. I mean I, I don't know what you guys say, what you, how you guys feel about it, but my personal feeling is I don't I don't think he has to give it up. I think that I think that the way the way they the way it's, it's, they talk about how they set up the team is that you know they they work they they work cohesively together. The, we have Alex Van Pelt, Bill Callahan, Ch- Chad O'Shea have all at some point in their careers called plays, and they're they're they are throughout the week working together and talking together and planning together. And I think that 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 that's the that. They have that that camaraderie that they have their, that they work together well, and they they do get. Look, I think I think that Kevin Stefanski got the job to be head coach of the Browns because of his play calling that he did in, in Minnesota, right? He, he didn't get it because of his fiery speeches. He didn't get it because of, because of his you know the way he answers questions at at at, at um, press conferences. Which, by the way, if like. You, we talk all people talk all the time about winning the press conference. I just want to win the games on Sunday. I don't care about the press conference, like you know. And I think I think that I think the coaching staff happens to be, happens to be good. I think Alex Van Pelt is good. I think Bill Callahan is is one of the best one of the best offensive line coaches probably of all time. He's up there with the with the Howard Muds of the world and the uh, the guy who's there's like there are like three or four guys that are like. I like all timers names, and I think Bill Callahan is one of them. And the fact that the Jets wanted to wanted to wanted to bring him over as their offense coordinator, and he turned them down to stay with the Browns, I think that tells you about the respect that Bill Callahan has for the team and for Kevin Stefanski, for that matter. Because mm-hmm. he would have had an opportunity to move up. Going from offensive line coach to offensive coordinator is a move up in salary and all that stuff. And he's saying, "I'd rather be." Stay as the offensive line coach with the Browns, but saying something. Yeah, right? not what and, he wants to do. Right, and so I, I think that's that's a good thing. Chad O'Shea is 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 really good as well, and uh, I, I'm excited about Jim Schwartz. I I, I like him. I, I'm glad he's back with the Browns. Right, and uh, like I'm, I, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's good. I think yeah. I, I just talked about winning the press press conference doesn't matter. But the way he talked at the press conference, you can you can hear that he the way that it's, that a lot of the way a lot of what he tries to the way he sounded was very into making sure that the players understand 
what their what their what their responsibilities are and trying to teach players, and that if teaching is a big part of the, the, the process. I think that's I think that's an important thing when it comes to, to this, and I hope that I hope that it works out. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. So, so Jeff, let's go. Let's go the other direction. Give me, give me a couple things, two or three, whatever things that you, that you feel are are wrong with the Browns right now. That could use some work. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think number one has to be the lack of leadership. There just mm-hmm. really seems to be a, a a dearth of leadership and 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 players holding other players accountable um so that that needs to be addressed in terms of bringing veteran leadership in that you know can help straighten that out mm-hmm. um you know i i still have to say that that probably the single biggest problem with the browns organization and the reason that it's been so bad for so long is ownership. We had an absentee owner early on, and now we have a meddling owner. And we've never really had the right message from the top down. We've had inconsistency from the top down. And, you know, this willingness to constantly hit the reset button um, just, just to sort of look like you're doing something. Um, right. That's gotten better recently. Um, now that it it feels like we have the right people in place, but those are the single biggest reasons why this team has not won for twenty three years. Yeah, yeah. So, Menachem, is there uh, anything else that you would like to add as far as being wrong with the Browns right now? What do you think of? Well, I, I definitely agree with what Jeff just said. I think I think the I think the I think I'm not sure if it's a lack of leadership, but I think it's I think the leadership that the Browns do have in players, the leaders on the team are are um, quiet leaders. You know, Nick yeah. Chubb on the team, he's not a he's not a he's not a he's not a loud person in general. Like he's very we all know if you if you, if you get two words out of him. It's a it's a it's a great soundbite now. So, but, <laughs> you know, it's it's but but the problem is that when you don't have you don't have anyone who on the team is a vocal leader like like most teams have, and and the guys who are leading the team are guys who are relatively on the on the quieter side. I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that that being a, a, a an issue. I think I think there's there's definitely some lack of accountability. I mean, when 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 Clowney, you know, talked about how he was only going for certain plays on a certain downs that because he wanted to try to get his his sack numbers up, like where's the? I mean, I, after they took him out and they they didn't let him play the last game of the season, but at what point earlier was there was there the communication? I don't know if it was a lack of. Of communication from the from the position coach up to the up to the coordinator slash head coach or where the where the the missing piece there was, but there's definitely something missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
So, Jeff, other than what's been named, what do you see as the, the top things that are right with the Browns right now? I, I, I like our coaching staff. Um, I like our front office. You know, I, I feel confident in those two guys and, and their ability to work together to shape a roster and, and lay out a plan. Um, so I, I think that's a strength that, you know, we really haven't had in this organization um, with any consistency, you know, with any longevity. Um, and these guys are, you know, now three years together, which is a miracle in itself. Um, it is. So it feels like it. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think that's, that's definitely something that I'm, I'm really happy about as far as the organization structure is concerned. Um, you know, the other thing Menaka mentioned that we do have some quiet leaders on the team and we, we've got a foundation of players who are either at the all pro level, pro bowl level, or, or, or dancing around it, um, who are on extensions with us that, um, are going to be here. So, you know, that, that foundation of, you know, mid career players, you know, I guess that's the right term, um, mm-hmm. that we've never seemed to have here before we now have. So that's something to build on. You know, I think, I think we've poured the concrete and, you know, we've, we've built that, that first floor and, you know, we went out and bought the most expensive hardwood flooring we could find for that first floor, right. And, you know, $230 million quarterback. And, you know, now we're wondering why that floor is getting wet, you know, because we haven't finished the walls and the ceiling, the roof, you know, um, a house building metaphor. That's something you never heard on the Browns blitz before. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. I think, you know, we, we just, we haven't finished. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So, you, other than the other than the the core players that you guys have talked about and the leaders, uh, we we really haven't addressed the players themselves a lot as far as what's right and what's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I, obviously, in the what's wrong category, we have that. Uh, you know, and I'm looking more possession positions and kind of what needs to be addressed. Um, you know, sure. in some cases, it's individual players, but. And we we have that defensive tackle position. Um, you know that's that's something that's just it, it it's wrong right now. Um, doesn't mean that all those guys are going to be gone. You know, uh, right? Uh, Perion Winfrey's probably, you know, uh, has a great chance of of being here next season, and and potentially one of the other guys does too, <laughs> maybe. Right. Um, right. So we'll just see. So. So Menachem, where are the other uh, where are the other problems on this team that you see position wise? So I, I think I think one of the positions that we need is is a speed receiver. I mean that's what Anthony Schwartz is supposed to be, and whatever for whatever reason, because of drops or getting injured, it just hasn't worked out for him yet. Um, it, I think that we, that there needs to be that that guy who extends the field because when you if you don't have that threat then it's easier to it's easier to be to be to be for the defense to be closer to the line of scrimmage which means makes it harder for it makes make means that there are more the players are closer to getting Nick Chubb down sooner 
as great as Nick Chubb is, he, he had plenty of games this season where he was not as effective as we would have wanted him to be. Our, our, our rushing yards on offense were were not as good as, as they could have been, as they should have been. And a lot of that had, could, could have easily been fixed with you, you don't have to you don't need you don't need your your number one receiver to be that speed guy, but if you could throw one or two deep bombs and there's the threat of that, then it it opens up the field for everyone else. I think that that right. that's yeah you know. yeah yeah. Amari Cooper had a great season without being the the deep threat. So right. yeah, you're right. absolutely right. So um. It's it's interesting because uh, Anthony Schwartz had he had some nice catches uh, in the season. He didn't play much um, before he was hurt. So so Jeff, have have we seen the last of Anthony Schwartz? Yeah, probably. Um, it's I think it's going to be hard for him to make the team in the fall. Um, and I know that that you know we give a lot of rope to our rookies, mm-hmm. but. Um, or our draft choices, I should say. Draft choices, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not a rookie anymore, but he's, he feels you know, like it. <laughs> he, he still acts, acts like one at times, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think we're going to right on track. We need, we don't have that game changer on offense. We, we don't have the, the Tyree kill or, you know, somebody who really can break the defense's back. Um, that, would, that would be a, a critical piece to me in taking our offense to the next level. Uh, rather than just sort of this plodding running game that, you know, occasionally connects a, you know, 15-yard pass. Um, so, yeah, to, that would that would be, a, I think, a game changer for us. Um, the other one, I, I, I think, on defense is, you know, we don't have that game-changing free safety. We don't have a, a, a real free safety, a true free safety on our roster. Haven't for years. Um, yeah, it's shown. It really has. Yeah, yeah. The the you know the the guy that that can affect the game with you know his his play back there uh, in a positive way. You know we've there are plenty <laughs> yeah. of guys that can affect the game in a negative way, but um, you know that that Troy Polamalu kind of player. You know that that um, everybody just has to game plan around. You know we just we don't have that safety. Um, so D tackles glaring, um, safety is glaring. You know, I think you can fill the rest of the defense around that. Um, offensively, yeah, it's 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 the speed component. It's it's the the field stretcher. Um, I think otherwise we're we're in pretty good shape on offense. Yeah, I I would agree. I would agree with you guys. So, um, yeah, and, and uh, on the. See, as far as what's right with the Browns, I mean, I think you got to start with uh, maybe the the cornerback position. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of spots you can talk about the cornerback position, just because of the depth and and the guys there. Um, running back is unquestioned, you know, um, and and beyond that, um, you know, there are a lot of other guys who who. Uh, you just play really well. I mean, Miles obviously, but you can't just say defensive end because we got one one side of that question to to kind right. of figure out. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, offensive line is a strength for us. Like 
Menachem was saying, Bill, Bill Callahan yeah. always gets maximum effort out of 10 guys. Yeah, and, and you, I you think, need that throughout the season when guys go down, right? Yeah, and I, we get spoiled. We get we have right. gotten spoiled just from watching this offensive line. We expect we expect to be in the number one offensive line in the league, <laughs> right? Every year, um, you know yeah. that's just what we expect. And and when a guy goes down and we have a backup guy out there and our offensive line looks just slightly more pedestrian, that's that's um. It's disappointing. Uh, you know, it's hard for some people to watch. And it's like, you know what? Th- this is how it is for most teams. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think you do have to appreciate the the depth. Um, you have to pre- appreciate guys stepping up and going out there and playing when somebody's out. And and the Browns do. They always have somebody ready to go out there and play uh, because because of Bill Callahan. Right. And, and I mean, and you, and you have to give... Uh, um, Andrew Barry credit too for you know for putting the team together to give him the right pieces to to develop. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, how do you guys feel next season about special teams going into the season? And of course, the, the team's not put together yet. I understand right. that, but just kind of where we left things, you know, where things were left off. Um, Mike Prefer, you know, the, this, the special teams really just didn't look good the first half of the season. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're doing stuff on special teams. You know, we're, we're tackling guys. We're, um, <laughs> we're uh, uh, you know, we got DPJ returning a punt for a touchdown. Um, I think we had we, – didn't we have – didn't the Browns block a uh, – you know, they had, they had a block – field goal or extra point, just stuff that the Browns don't usually do. Yeah. Um, you feel like, like Prefer's progressing, like he's getting his, these guys to hear his message. You feel like this is just locked. You feel he's lucky to be here. How do you, how do you guys feel about Prefer going forward? Oh, you can go ahead and knock him on this one. I, I like Prefer. Um, I think that I think that the special teams in general did not did not do as well as it, as it could have so should have done. Um, I wonder how much of that is the idea that some of the players that we usually have at at like as key contributors on as key contributors on special teams were not were either not members of the team or just not with us at that um, or they're 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 thrown into playing defense. Was due to some injuries, and then yeah. they weren't they weren't necessarily in their regular spot. They, these these things do do affect it affects the next guy. Now the next guy has to come in and figure things out. I mean, it's it's as much as look. I, I I'm trying to think of. We also had we also had the the supposed to have that really good return guy, Jakeem Grant. We signed Jakeem Grant. Yeah, and then got hurt. Um, I think I think the punter Corey Borges. I think he he had some games where he was not up to par, but I think most mostly he had you know pretty 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 booming kicks, and uh, I think I think our you know the Katie York the excitement after week one was of course it, this is what it's gonna be like all the time, 
and reality was not that way. And you know, he's, he was a rookie kicker, and hopefully he does better, and hopefully he can he can do better because we're, we definitely need him to do better. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what are, What are your thoughts, Jeff? And I kind of like to hear what you expect out of Cade York this year too. Okay. Yeah. I. I Menachem's right on target here. Um, I'll just expand on that by saying that I think special teams play as a symptom of the fact that we keep so many of our young draft picks on this team that mm-hmm. end up on special teams versus I think what Menachem was alluding to. You typically have guys that, that are really experienced in that part of the game that fill out the back half of your roster. And, you know, that's that's yeah. not where we've been the last few seasons. You know, that's that's part of, you know, drafting well and, and getting contributions out of late round picks is that those guys end up playing on special teams and that's not their specialty. <laughs> so um, and I, definitely the Jakeem Grant thing hurt. You know, we spent a bunch of money on on a on a hired gun to to go out and return kicks for us and he didn't make it out of preseason. So um yeah, I, I feel good about Mike Prefer. I think he's a respected coach. I think a lot of this is has sort of been unfairly pinned on him and his ability to coach. Um, I mean, if I'm if I'm a, a special teams coordinator in this league, and and you, you know you tell me that all that's going to be the case, plus I'm going to have a rookie kicker. I'm probably not feeling real good about <laughs> my prospects. You know. Um, that's not an ideal situation. Um, I think Kay York's hopefully started to get his head screwed on right. Um, we know he can do it physically. It's just a matter yeah. of him having enough experience to be able to fight through the the yips and the, you know the the second guessing himself at times. Um, and just develop that confidence to go out there and be able to, to, to let his athletic ability carry the day. And that, you know, that might not happen right away. That might take a little bit longer, but I think we just have to ride it. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Definitely. You know, and Jakeem Grant, that, that hurt, um, obviously yeah. a big return guy, but you have to tip your cap to Jerome Ford and what he was able to do. Um, you know, he didn't score any touchdowns on returns, but the guy was pretty electric for returning the football. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of very nice returns back to the, you know, um, I'm, I'm just thinking he, he almost always brought the ball back to, you know, close to the 30. I can't think of times where he took it out of the end zone and got nailed at the 15. You know, he just didn't right. do that. Um, he was an right. intelligent returner. Um, he, you know, he, he generally gave the Browns good field position. Um, it, it was just good to see him utilize that way since he wasn't going to get many carries, um, on the season Sure. last year anyways. So, um, so that part worked out anyways. Um, right. And I, I think we'll be seeing a little bit more of him this coming season. So, <laughs> yeah. But that's for another show. So, so hey guys, I think we've uh, we've kicked that topic around a bit. So, uh, so let's get some closing thoughts and um, 
Menachem, everybody can follow you at Menudo underscore man. Is is there anything you want to is, is there anything you're working on that you want to throw out or, or are you just, are you uh, still uh, are, are you uh, still writing for the, the paper you were writing for? Or have you have you I know you said you were thinking of adding something to that, but I've kind of forgotten what that was. Sadly, that hasn't uh, has nothing come to fortune from that. Um, but yeah, definitely you can follow me at at menudo underscore man. Um, also, I, I don't know. If, I, I believe you saw the tweet from from the from my Browns Backers Club when you posted earlier that I'll be on. Um, my Browns Backers Club, the Browns Backers of North Jersey, uh, is is you know just a great place to to be a part of. To be to be, I'm I'm one of the I'm a we had we had new we had a new uh, president this past year um, after our previous president had had decided to to retire, but uh, we had a great group this year um, running the running the place. And I'll, I'll tell you one of the, one of the best yes one of the best things about the Browns is it really is the fans. The the, the best yeah. things about the Browns is the fans. And I, I was part of this I'm part I've been part of this Packers club for, for probably six or seven years already, and the, just the people who came down every week. We had we had people with you know older people, younger people, people people brought their kids with them. It was just it was just nice to be around. I grew up I grew up in in New York, and to, my father and I used to used to watch the Jets game so that we could see the bottom line, so we didn't know what the score of the, of the Browns games were. But that's how we would find out what was going on with the Browns. And just the idea that. This Browns backers club exists all around the world, and you're able to 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 be wherever you wherever you live within you know within some reason, and just watch the games at pretty much from the comfort of your of your neighborhood, and not and that I'm that I that I had to drive the, the the 30 minutes to New Jersey to watch the to watch the Browns every week it was just it was just such a nice thing, and and the group of people that we have are great people, and and. Um, be, I'll, 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 I'll say this: that if any, if you're ever in New Jersey during football season, let us know. We'll, we'll give you the information to come join us. We, we love having people come down. We, we did a lot of, did a lot of good work this, this year. A lot of ch- charitable things. Which I'm, I'm very proud of, and I know the president of our club, Bobby D, is very proud of. And uh, yeah, we're, we're just. If you want to give them a follow, also. I don't know their. I don't know. I don't know the the, the name offhand. Something like Browns, Browns backers North Jersey. Uh, if you follow, if you follow me, you'll see me retweet them enough. So. Yeah, we'll, we will. Uh, nice. Good job, Anaka. Thank you. Absolutely. I, yeah, I hate I've, to think what would happen if you didn't plug the Browns backers in North Jersey. I know they're, they're, they get very angry at me. <laughs> Yeah, follow follow them at Browns uh, Browns North Jersey. So it's Browns N R T H J R S Y. Right. And yeah, they're haven't haven't met any of the guys, but uh, but definitely a great group. And and um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe what do you think, Jeff? Maybe we could do a show on the road out there someday. Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> next we'll time we're in new jersey all right right open yeah. arms so uh, menachem do you have any closing words for us you know i just i i want to thank you guys for having me on i i 
talked at the beginning that it was it was a long it's a long time since I've been on with you guys. But the truth is, it, it, every time it just seems like continuing the same conversation that we've had. And uh, I wish you guys uh, all the best and only good things as the year keeps going. And hopefully the Browns, hopefully the Browns give us give us wins this year. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that would that would be a nice new conversation to have, wouldn't right. it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, Jeff, closing thoughts for us tonight? Yeah, we've already determined that the Browns won't finish last this year in the division. Um, that's our that's our prediction, right? We did that a few weeks ago. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we've gotten. That hopefully, part. we'll have something. You know, we'll have something new to talk about there. But. Um, yeah, no, Menachem's absolutely right. The best part about being a Browns fan is the other Browns fans because uh, God knows we don't get much fun out of the team itself. But um, doing doing this kind of thing with good people like Menachem is, you know, what, what keeps me coming back. So um, we're into the fun part now. You know, the, the Super Bowl will be over soon and uh, the Eagles will have won. And we can start talking about how we're going to put together – the next version of the Cleveland Browns. That's right. And we'll kick that off next week. So we thank everybody for listening. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.